What is up, everybody? It's your girl, Brittany Diego. Welcome back to another episode of the Fashion School Dropout. So if you're new here, you know I'm all about putting you on game about what it takes to break into this industry and most importantly, be successful in this industry, okay? And part of being successful is knowing how to talk the talk, okay? It goes hand in hand with walking the walk. So today we're gonna be talking about stylist lingo, how to sound like you know what you're doing, first of all, and that you're not green in this industry, meaning that you're not a newbie, you're not new to this, you're true to this. So with any profession, there is a certain set of key vocabulary words that you need to know in fashion industry and more specifically styling is no different. So let's get into it. Starting with pull. So a pull is something that you're going to be doing a lot of as a stylist. And the way a pull works is you're literally grabbing as many pieces as you're allowed. Each showroom is different. I've been to showrooms where they let me borrow 15 items on average. I've been to showrooms where they only let me borrow three. So they're going to tell you this information as you walk in, of course. But yeah, you're going to grab as many pieces as they let you. And later on, you're going to create outfits out of them after you're done with all of your pull appointments. So whenever Whenever you're on a job, you're going to be pulling from multiple places. Um, and it's super important that you continuously build your network of showrooms because let me tell you, when I was first starting out, I was literally for every single shoot I was doing, I went to the same three showrooms for every shoot. And that got old real quick. So just as a little shameless plug, I do have a contact list of showrooms for LA, New York, and London on fashionmentor.co slash resources. So go ahead and grab that on the website. If you are interested in expanding your network of showrooms, I've included uh, showroom names, what type of styles you can include that showroom carries because they're kind of like stores. Each one has a different type of style. I have my go-to showrooms for gowns. There's showrooms that only carry jewelry. There's showrooms that only have urban hip-hop type style clothing. So depending on the project, that's going to determine what showroom you're going to. So back to poll. And while we're still on the topic of showrooms, depending on where you pull, there may or may not be a fee. So some and most showrooms, they're free of charge because they're charging the designers to keep their clothing there. And other places have a pull fee. Now, in both instances, whether or not a showroom is paid or not, they will need your credit card down just as collateral in case you lose or damage their clothing. So don't be alarmed if they ask you to fill out your credit card. It's just for them to have on file, you know, just in case. So next keyword, and this one I already kind of touched on, which is showrooms, but you might also hear them being referred to as PRs, which stands for public relations, which is what they do. So I mentioned earlier that they represent designers and they charge the designers a fee, and that's how you're able to borrow stuff for free. So there are showrooms that have clothing, there are showrooms that have shoes, there are showrooms that only have jewelry. And the more experience you gain through interning and assisting more experienced stylists, that's how you're going to get exposed to these amazing places. So they're not open to the public. You've probably tried Googling showrooms and came across nothing. And that's by design. They're mostly found out through word of mouth. Or again, if you want the shortcut, go ahead and get my black book of contacts on fashionmentor.co slash 
resources. So showrooms are your best friend as a stylist. They are literally the gatekeepers to amazing designer pieces available at your disposal. So I'm actually going to do another episode just on showrooms and showroom etiquette because as with all things in this industry, there's a certain way to go about things and to maintain a positive reputation, which in turn, when you do that, they will gladly let you keep coming back. So you might be wondering at this point, well, how do I even go about that process of borrowing clothes from showrooms? Well, the first step is getting a lore, which is going to be our next vocabulary word. I hope you're writing this down, or maybe you already know this, but a little refresher never hurt nobody. So a lore stands for letter of responsibility, which is also known as a pull letter. And when you borrow clothing from a showroom or designer, especially when you're working for a magazine editorial, sending the lore states that you as the stylist is claiming full responsibility for the clothing that you borrow. So full financial responsibility. So again, they're letting you borrow these clothes for free or for a low fee, but they have to protect themselves too. So the lore makes showrooms and designers much more willing to let you borrow their items. It is not required 100% of the time. Some places will ask, but if you have no idea where to even get a lore, do not freak out. You could typically get one from the photographer that you're working with, a creative director, or if it's for, for a magazine, it'll come from the editor on official letterhead. Now, next key vocabulary word, or should I say phrase, this is going to be a test shoot also known as a TFP. So you might see this a lot when you're first coming up. Test shoots are a collaboration between a team of creatives. So everyone is coming together and volunteering their time. And a test, just know that test shoots do not pay. You are literally doing this with, for the purpose of building your book, which is your portfolio. We're going to get into that in just a second. So don't expect to get a big check from this type of shoot. It is purely what you have to do in the beginning of your career. Every single stylist does it because you cannot get jobs without a portfolio, but unfortunately you can't really build a portfolio without knowing photographers or makeup artists or hear people. So it's kind of like that catch 22 when you first start out, which is super frustrating. And trust me, I remember all too well, but you will get to wherever you are meant to go. Trust me. So test shoots are an opportunity for you to experiment because listen, when you start really doing these jobs, you're going to be serving the client and getting the clothes that they're envisioning. So don't look at this as, oh my God, I'm not getting paid. This is so annoying. Look at it as an opportunity to really show off your skills and really run wild with your creativity because this is few times in your styling career that you are a hundred percent in control of what outfits and looks to put together. Trust me. So enjoy this time. You're going to be looking back at it. And listen, the people that I have met on test shoots have gone on to refer me to some of my biggest styling jobs, like ad campaigns for major national campaigns, music videos, working for MTV. Like do not sleep on the networking opportunities to meet new photographers and makeup artists and other creatives on these test shoots. Because if you go in there with a positive attitude, they're going to remember that. 
and they're going to be likely to refer you to these big jobs. All right. So that was test shoots. And I briefly touched on the word book, which is just another word for a portfolio, which is a compilation of your styling work. Now, I already know what the next question is going to be if you need a physical or digital book. Honestly, we don't see too many physical portfolios anymore. So I would say having a digital book, aka a website that clients can easily access and go to and see your work is the way to go. But if you have magazine publications under your belt, there is absolutely nothing with having physical tears in a book. So my suggestion to you is if you have, say, a portable tablet or a laptop that you always take with you, Keep a link on your desktop that you can easily click on that's going to lead directly to your website. Or if you don't have a website yet, maybe you can put together a PDF of your shoots. Just having your work somewhere neatly organized and easily accessible is key because let's say you run into a potential client. You don't want to be fumbling around and, oh my God, wait, I forgot the link. I forgot one letter in the website name. Like, no, just have it already on your desktop and easily accessible or keep the link in your phone notes, just somewhere that you can easily access it with within seconds so you can impress that potential client. So next, this one is pretty easy. This is going to be your kit. So this is where you're going to keep all of the styling tools that make your job easier. I'm talking pins, clips, pasties, pre-threaded needles, hem tape, double-sided tape, all of that. Everything that makes your life as a stylist easier is going to go inside your kit. And if you're a visual learner like me, go ahead and go on my YouTube channel where I have a video up where I'm actually showing you what goes inside of your kit. My YouTube channel is Fashion Mentor TV. So go ahead and check that stylist kit video out. Next, moving on to shoot day. So we're talking call sheets and call time. So the call sheet, this is going to be a literal sheet or PDF that's going to be sent out to you via email before the job. And it has listed all of the details that you need for that shoot. So it includes the location, the entire crew's names and numbers listed, just in case you need to reach somebody. You're going to know their positions. You're going to have the time of arrival to set. And the thing about shoots, especially productions, productions meaning TV, film, movies, music videos, not everybody arrives to set on time. So make sure that you read the call sheet very, very carefully because your call time might be different than another crew member's call time. So make sure you double check that call sheet. Now that leads me to your call time. So next to your name is going to be your call time of when you're expected to be on set, not parking your car, not feeding the meter, but on set doing what you're there to do. So I don't know about where you live, but where I live in LA, traffic is horrible. So I always try to kind of give myself a little buffer time of 10 to 15 minutes, just in case it's some mess happening on the roads, because that'll then give me time to find parking and unload all of the garment bags from my car. So just in general, try to arrive, you know, a couple minutes early. It never hurts. So I'm going to end it there. But in the next episode, I'm going to be breaking down production lingo. So if you want to be a stylist for TV, film, any type of production, commercials, music videos, 
then you're definitely going to want to tune into that episode. So I'm going to be doing a part two. Be sure to be on lookout for that. If you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and do that. And if you haven't left a five-star review, go ahead and do that also. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you learned something new. If you did, let me know by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, and I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.